Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to episode... 32 of the Tinderbox. We are the podcast for Matchsticks and Gasoline, the Calgary Flames website for SB Nation. Full house today, it's Mark, Maddie, Gordy, and Michael. Good afternoon. Good morning, everybody. How are we doing today? That about sums it up perfectly. Um, so we're going to hop right in, and I'm sure we'll get some people. I'll be okay. What's that? That's- I'm just going to say, I think... Just solidly okay. Solid okay. That's okay. That's, I think middle of the road is reasonable uh, with everything that's going on in the world today. And not even really the world, but in the United States. Uh, we are going to touch upon a subject this afternoon that is going to be non-hockey related because it is something that definitely should be touched upon. And if you have a problem with us doing something non-hockey related, I don't really care. Suck it. Go find another podcast to listen to. Uh, We are going to discuss the George Floyd situation here in the United States. If you aren't up to date, George Floyd is a man from Minneapolis, Minnesota, who, uh, I'm not going to mince words here, he was murdered by a Minneapolis police officer um, who knelt on his neck for over eight minutes when the man was complaining he could not breathe. He and three other officers refused to get off of his neck, and he ended up dying, which is absolutely unacceptable, unconscionable. Um, I don't think there's any other words to describe how horrible and uncalled for that situation was. Um, The United States has turned itself into a powder keg um, with everything going on here in the United States. It wasn't going to take much of anything to set people off between um, the person who sits in the White House being an absolute moron and the COVID people in lockdown not being able to go anywhere. It wasn't going to take much to set this country off. And... um, the Minneapolis police officers decided to just douse a just douse the country in gasoline, and it, it's all it took. Um, it's a horrible situation what happened in Minnesota. Um, I don't think any of us uh, think that situation is right, correct, or positive. Um, but the United States has really kind of turned itself inside out. Um, there are wonderful, amazing, peaceful protests happening everywhere with people taking to the streets asking just to be heard, to be listened to, to um, have these issues eradicated in their communities, which honestly, uh, from my end, I think is a wonderful and it has to happen. There needs to be some sort of oversight. There needs to be some sort of change in this country because people of color should not be dying because they may or may not have willingly handed over a counterfeit $10 bill, which is basically what this is all over. Um, So personally, on my end, I am a member of the media. Um, I work for a television station in Boston. Um, The media at times does itself good. At other times, it pees into the wind and it covers itself in its own urine because we're not very smart at times. Uh, But um, I 100% stand with these protesters. They should take to the streets. Their voices should be heard. They should be asking for accountability 
from the people who are in charge of keeping them safe and protecting them. So on my end, I'll be the I'll say it for not for, you know, everybody else, but for me, I stand with Black Lives Matter, as I think everybody should. Um, I don't buy the All Lives Matter movement right now. Um, it currently is about Black Lives Matter, because honestly, that poor George Floyd, whatever, I don't care about his past history. I don't want to know about his past history. None of that matters to me. That day, his life did not matter to four people. And to me, that's a shame. Um, I don't know if anybody else wants to chime in here or has a thought on that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with everything you said. Uh, I'd like to add, um, urge, you know, folks to not just, you know, share the, the sort of pithy tweets going around, um, but actually, you know, turn to some tangible action, protest if you can or able are able to. I know that isn't a possibility necessarily for everyone, uh, especially in the middle of a pandemic, but um, amplify the voices of, you know, people who are speaking out on this. Um, Donate to bail funds, sign petitions. Um, The last thing I want to see is this just sort of die out after, you know, the media buzz goes away. think tangible action is what we should be aiming for here um yeah gordy michael any thoughts i mean i know it's kind of i mean it's distant citizenship wise because we're in different countries but people are people um no matter where you live do you guys have a thought on this at all yeah i think as uh, as canadians you know it's not up to us right now to you know try and distance ourselves from what's going on in the u.s you know rather we have to accept and, you know, acknowledge and, you know, bring to light the things that happen here because, you know, racism is not an American thing. It's not a Minnesotan thing. It's a it's a global thing and it, it has to be eradicated worldwide by by all the measures that are being taken right now. Solid point. Michael, anything you want to add to that? Um, I just wanted to say I was uh, driving through downtown Calgary the other day and I came across they had a couple of protests here and I happened to come across the one they were doing just over one of the bridges into downtown. I just want to like talk about how impressed I was with the amount of people coming out there also being smart with the distancing and everything, but really getting behind this cause and like Lori saying, not showing that's just not like a American thing or a one country thing. It's something that's really important to the entire world because there are issues throughout the world that need to get talked about like this. No, I agree. And I mean, I thank you guys for chiming in. I know it's these aren't easy topics to discuss, but things that need to be changed aren't always easy to discuss. So I appreciate you guys kind of chiming in because it's, you know, it's I my wife and I were talking about it the other day. And I, I said to her, you know, I have a friend who works in the media who's, you know, we all deal with the police at some point or another at the media. And um, I'll, I'll be honest, I have four of my very good friends who are police officers and I love them to death. They are salt of the earth people. Um, they're not the problem. Um, they're disgusted by everything that's going on right now. Um, but I was, as I discussed with my friend, he's like, you know, I deal with the media. I mean, I deal with the police all the time at work, too. And he goes, I would probably say, you know, 95 percent of my interactions with them are good. But he did have one interaction where he was pulled over on his way home from work and was arrested and was never explained why he was arrested, was booked. And he had to other police friends of his found out that he was arrested and they came and got him out. 
but he was never given a reason as to why he's he was arrested. And I'll be honest with you, he doesn't drink, he doesn't smoke, he doesn't party. He was literally driving home from work. He works in his church in his community. He's an amazing, wonderful, solid human being. And he's like, he's like, you know, when I got pulled over, I did the, oh, here we go. You know, what's going to happen to me today? And this was probably 20 years ago, you know, so this wasn't, this isn't something recent, you know, and I was telling that story to my wife and I said, you know, if you or I get pulled over by the police, we're nervous, right? But I'm not nervous that I'm going to get pulled out of the car. I'm not nervous that I'm going to get arrested. I'm not nervous that I'm going to get hit. I'm not nervous I'm going to get murdered. I'm nervous because my insurance is going to go up if I get pulled over, if I get a ticket. And I think that's the big difference where people, you know, you talk about the, that's, I think, the difference where, whereas me being a, a white male getting pulled over is, oh, great, I'm going to get a ticket and my insurance goes up. Whereas my friend who's African-American gets pulled over, it's a totally different scenario for him. You know, so I think you're right. It doesn't matter where you live. This stuff happens everywhere. And it's it's got it has to stop. I mean, we are just people. We're people, no matter whether whether you're white, whether you're black, whether you're Hispanic, whether you're Asian, whether you have one arm. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter. We're all human beings. We're people. We're the same species. It, it has to stop at some point. And I, I'll get off my soapbox at that point. But that's just my feeling. I don't know if anybody has anything else they want to add. And if not, that's cool. We can wrap it up. I think we could all probably say that matchsticks and gasoline, I think we all support people getting to the street, protesting, having their voices be heard because they do deserve to be heard. They need to be heard. It's mandatory they be heard. And I hope people really are listening. They're just not hitting the like button or hitting the heart button or giving it a thumbs up just to move on. I really do hope that people are listening. So, um, I guess that's that. And I guess we can move on to the Flames response to this because um, throughout sport, we've seen, you know, the NFL say certain things. And obviously, Drew Brees has been the lightning rod this league for the NFL because his statement was completely way off base. He wasn't even addressing the issue of what's happening right now. He was completely way off the wall on what he was talking about. But I look at the Flames response and I'm going to go with the Flames lack of response on this one personally. Um, I forget the day they released it. I was looking for it, but I can't find it. They did release a statement, I'm using air quotes here, through Calgary Sport that covered the Flames, the Hitmen, um, I believe the Roughnecks and the Stampeders. Were they part of that too? Could somebody correct me? Was it all four? Yes. It was all four. And the response was one of those generic, like I feel like Calgary Sport, like Google searched Black Lives Matter support statement clip art and just found something and posted it. I didn't think it was very, it didn't seem sincere to me. It just kind of seemed like one of those, hey, let's put this up there so we can say we're part of it, especially from a franchise that dealt with something this season that involved race with Bill Peters. Uh, personally, I don't think the Flames as an organization had a solid response to this. Does anybody have an opinion on that? Or am I completely way off base here? Maddie, I can see you shaking your head. If you want to go first, go for it. That was nodding, shaking your head, by the way. Let's clear that up for those who can't see it. <laughs> yeah, the uh, doesn't really work with an audio format here. Um, yeah, I I'm pretty disappointed in, in the I will response from your organization, um, especially like you said, one that did have to like deal with a pretty serious issue of racial discrimination a couple of months ago um, 
for them to have to obviously take kind of a hard stance on that uh, not too long ago and now come out sort of wishy-washy. Um, it's a shame. Like, it's it's really disappointing to see. Um, and I, I don't really have a whole lot to, to add to that, but it's just, it sucks. Michael, Gordy, any opinion on that? Any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, you kind of expect the, the generic empty statement from the, you know, from a corporation like a, you know, a billion dollar organization that owns the flames. But, you know, like the players were were firsthand uh, on site, you know, witness the Kimalu, Bill Peters things this season. You'd, like you'd think they'd be a little more, you know, ready to stand up for racism and discrimination, you know, when it comes up again. But yeah, like as, as we've been discussing, you know, you know, there's been barely any, you know, you know, like this is a world of social media when you're a, when you're a well-followed athlete and people listen to you, like you have to use that power to, to disseminate important messages and spread it, not stay silent for, you know, fear of, of ticking off the wrong people. Michael, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think I should just continue what Gordy kind of ended off with that. There seems to be this vibe of a lot of people thinking that staying silent because you don't want to tick off people is something that's kind of going around right now and it's like well who are you kind of afraid to tick off you're afraid to tick off the people who think that these protests are a bad thing and honestly like kind of screw them like i think especially in the position of power that these players have especially in the community here but in pretty much every major north american city like i think they need to do some sort of tangible statement to angle action just because they have so much leverage in those communities that they can really affect more change maybe than just like a regular person like you or myself so yeah i was kind of hoping to see something more especially considering a lot of the top players on the flames happen to the american which i think is probably pretty unique for a canadian city as well yeah and i think that leads me into my next point is i just started kind of looking around to see you know hey did the captain say anything or you know mainly like matthew kachuk a guy that everybody seems to think should be the next Flames captain or Johnny Gaudreau. Um, Johnny Gaudreau grew up outside of Philadelphia. I mean, I know we hate hammering that point home, but he did. And it, Philadelphia at times has had police issues as well. So Johnny Gaudreau's familiar with that area. Like I was interest, interested to see what those guys said. And there's been nothing so far. I checked today and I saw nothing. Um, oddly enough, last night as we were going through looking for stuff, going over this topic to make sure we covered everything, the only Flames player who actually came out and spoke out and said something was Austin Zarnick. Like, of all the people, like, Zarnick didn't even, like, barely played the season. And that's the guy who's the voice of your team. And it was one of those, you know, I'll, I'll never understand. I don't, you know, claim to understand, but I will stand by you type statements, which are fairly generic on their own. But, like, he said something, right? Goudreau and Kachuk are arguably the Flames' two, two of their three biggest stars. They're American-born stars. Like they had nothing to say. Mark Giordano got tagged in one of those, hey, tag five people to end racism. Like those things work. And he was like, sure. And he tagged Monahan, Gaudreau, Kachuk, and Mark Jankowski. And like Janko's response, I think, was on it. And he tagged three people. And it's like, you're not like playing phone tag. We're not sending, you know, the chain email. It's like, I'm, I'm a little disappointed mainly in the Flames major stars who are American for not coming out and saying anything. And I think you guys all touched on that. Um, Matty, do you have a thought on that? I mean, is has it the sentiment been kind of the same in Philadelphia down that way? Not to switch from teams, but is it? Do we think this is more of a league-wide thing? Because 
I don't really think it is. To a certain degree. Um, to a certain degree. And it's for the Flyers. I mean, we did have a couple of players um, speaking out. I mean, more than anything, it was like guys posting the, uh, the black square on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, which I'd certainly, whether that works after you haven't said anything like yeah. to begin with, um, is like a whole other can of worms. But, um, I would say like the response hasn't been much better, but it has been something at the same time. It's, you know, you can look around the league and see guys who have, I would say, handled it better. Uh, P.K. Subban and Patrice Bergeron, we talked about uh, in our chat last night, um, I think really handled it as well as they could have with a statement and tangible action, you know, making donations. Um, even Ian Cole from the Avalanche, I saw I feel like the bar is so low with what yeah. you can do. Um, it's It's pretty disappointing to see that they'd still have failed to clear it yeah i mean we like we mentioned last like like pk suban was one of the first players to come out and you know he spoke up he donated fifty thousand dollars to a go GoFundMe for um gianna floyd that's the daughter of george lloyd so he donated money patrice bergeron put up twenty five thousand dollars and i believe the bruins are going to match his twenty five thousand dollars and they're donating it to a local naacp chapter in boston so it's like there are people out there evander kane has been very vocal on um, Twitter, uh, going out there, you know, retweeting stuff, but also making some statements. Um, Logan Couture actually was one of those people we talk about apologizing. He's like, I'm sorry if this offends people. No, it shouldn't offend somebody to say, hey, it's not cool for human beings to be killed by other human beings. Like, you shouldn't have to apologize for taking a stance and saying, it's not okay what's happening. Like, that bothers me more, I think, almost than not saying anything, because it's, you know, Hey, I'm I'm sorry. I might ruffle your feathers, but like Michael, as you mentioned, if saying an unarmed black man shouldn't had had his neck knelt on for nine minutes and been murdered by a police officer, if you have to say sorry because that offends somebody, like, the, everything is just wrong on so many levels. So um, I, I'm disappointed with uh, the Flames as an organization and as players, especially. I thought they handled the Bill Peters situation fairly well. I'll be honest. I mean, that was a ball of crap that hit them out of nowhere. And I think they handled it well. I, I mean, Brad Living was, was, you know, his statements were good. The Flames handled it. They, you know, they moved on from Peters. Things were good. But a an organization that dealt like dealt with something like that, in, what was that, February, January, February? You know, not even probably three months ago, I think should have been more on the forefront of this. And I think they could have easily spoken up a little more than, you know, like a thumbs up you know, with the four logos from Calgary Sports. Um, does anybody else have anything they want to discuss in relation to this, or do, would we cover it okay? Gordy, Michael, Maddie, anything else? I'm going to take that as no. So what we will do here is we will roll into a quick break. We do want to thank you for letting us address that. And I don't even know if we should say thank you, because I feel like that's like an apology. We're going to talk about it, and if you don't like it, too bad because it needs to be discussed. We're going to take a quick break here on the Tinderbox and we will be right back after this. You ready? Showtime. 
On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome back to the Tinderbox. We are the podcast for Matchsticks and Gasoline, the Calgary Flames website for SB Nation. It's Mark, Maddie, Gordy, and Michael today. Uh, first half, we covered current events and what's going on uh, in the United States. And I think if you don't know what's going on, then you I don't know where you have been because it's impossible not to know what's been happening. And we covered the Flames players and organization response or lack of response. And we are now going to switch gears and move into some hockey talk. So, Michael and Gordy, uh, you guys can take it away on this half if you want. Um, how was the sim update going? The Flames are playing the Bruins in the Stanley Cup Finals in your sim. And uh, where are we at? What are we looking at? Uh, the uh, the Bruins, are, they just uh, got up to a 3-2 lead in the series now. I think, I think game six goes tonight, actually. I think that'll be back in Calgary. Uh, yeah, the Flames are doing pretty good. They've been some surprise, some surprising performances. I think from Andrew Manjapani and Rasmus Anderson. They're they're both, I think, in the top five of scoring. So hopefully that translates to the real world. Stupid Bruins. <laughs> Jeez. Um, anything else? Sim update? <laughs> no, it's a time. I don't know how you break down a video game. Um, Maddie, are you surprised the Flames are down three to two in the Simma <laughs> playoff simulation? Uh, right. uh, honestly, I'm still stuck on like the Flyers blowing it in the <laughs> conference final. So now we have to virtually watch the Bruins. So gross. Uh, Michael, any uh, updates on your end? Um, <laughs> sore thumbs? Uh, anything? Getting there. Getting there. Getting there. It's, uh... I, I just want to say we're kind of looking forward to getting to the end of this. Is all yeah. <laughs> you never thought playing video a... games as part of your job would be horrible, right? It's like... Well, we thought because like, we've just been literally doing it like completely realistically. Like, we haven't touched anything. We're like, oh, yeah, they'll probably get knocked out in like, the first or second round like usual. But now we've been like, I think we're well over like 30, 35 games into this. It's like, for God's sake, can this just end soon here? Like... <laughs> I'm getting so tired of tweeting this every night, but it's like it's enjoyable because they're actually making a run. But it's just like, come on, guys! Like, let's wrap this up here. Uh, Good lord! It's gonna be. Go ahead, Gordy. I have something like 300 gigabytes of sim footage on my computer. I think right now I gotta chop it down every single game, put it into watchable formats. Good lord! Just do like five. Just do highlights. That's it. Buck and a half highlight done. Moving on. It's going to be sad as when the the Sim Flames win the Stanley Cup and the regular Flames get knocked out in three games in the first round by the Jets. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> All right. So uh, you said oh, so you said Game Six is tonight. You said is that what it is? Uh, yeah, seven thirty Mountain Standard Time, whatever it is, whatever Calgary time is. All right. Why don't you why don't you tell the kids where they can find it and they can watch it. Because you guys live stream it on, you do it on YouTube, right? It, it is our YouTube channel, yes. And what is that YouTube channel? You it's can just, tell I don't, I don't do the video games. It's just Matt Sticks and Gasoline. 
All right, fair enough. So Flames, <laughs> 7.30 Mountain Time, game six of the NHL Sim Stanley Cup playoffs. They are down three games to two to the Bruins. Please beat the Bruins. Because somehow <laughs> Boston fans will find a way to find this and be obnoxious about it. I know they will. So um, we are now in our report card portion of the season, which is usually geared toward the offseason. Which of the Flames is, you know, usually right about now. So I guess we're hitting it, you know, right on time for um, report card session. Uh, our first one was Oliver Shillington. He went up uh, yesterday. Today is Johnny Gaudreau, um, kind of a lightning rod player uh, for good and or bad. Um, I'm kind of rolling through the grades right now. Michael, you gave him a B minus. Maddie gave him a B plus. I had him at a B, and then I started to type what I was writing, and I'm like, that's not a B grade. So I dropped him to a C. Uh, Shane gave him a B plus, Gordy B, uh, Ray gave him a B, Milhouse B plus. So the fans gave him a C plus. So myself and the fans are right on. Um, you got anybody want to talk about their grade, explain their grade, how you got to that point? Uh, Michael, you want to, want to hop in there? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I was kind of similar to you. I originally had like a B plus as well, but once I started typing, I was like, yeah, this isn't really a guy you like just everything I wanted to say that was kind of, well, that this. This isn't a B plus season. He, I, I stuck with the B minus. I was kind of nice about it. Like he was still quite good at times. And I think Shane really touched on this quite a bit. It's a shame he's not actually on here. So I'd like to hear exactly what he was or how he'd get into it. But I do feel like the system under Jeff Ward was a lot more constricting on him and the other top players. I think that's why we saw a lot of regression with them compared to Bill Peters last year. So like, I, I don't know, I think he was still fine, but um, I was saying just before we started up here that, like, for me, as usual with the Flames, I think a lot of it will come down to see if he can actually do anything in the playoffs this year. Maybe the break will help him come in like it's a fresh start to a season for him. So that's kind of where my final grade will be. But I, don't know, I thought he was fine, not great, not top five like in the league like he was last year, though. So obviously B-minus is where I settled. Maddie, uh, you want to talk about you gave a B-plus, anything you want to say? outside of what you wrote and like maybe how you got to your conclusion? Well, I'm not going to spoil the whole thing, so you all should go read <laughs> the post. Thanks. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think my big thing is just, like, number one, I don't know if grading relative to expectation for this season is super fair because I think – Probably in retrospect, we uh, might have been a little too optimistic for uh, mm-hmm. for that expectation, thinking he might be able to replicate what we out of him last season. I think that's fine. Just being too too critical of Goudreau, just because he is still one of their best players, and a down season for him is still very productive. Um, I think that's kind of what it comes down to for me. Yeah, I think my first sentence, or maybe it was the second sentence, was, you know, maybe he's just not a 99-point guy, and maybe we shouldn't expect that out of him. You know what I mean? Maybe that was just like, maybe that's his peak best season ever, and it will never get back there. And, you know, whatever, that's fine. I, my big thing is I think it was just inconsistency, where there were some nights where he looked like he was having the time of his life, and then there were other times that he was like, can we just get this season over? And I think the problem with a lot of the – can we just get the season over moments where when we were 20 games into the season, you know, I just feel like he didn't look the part all season long. He was very inconsistent and I, I did type it in all caps and I hate when people do that, but I just felt like yelling, you know, it was 
just please stop shooting five hole. Everybody knows you're shooting five. How many more goals would he have had if he had just made another move or just lifted the puck just a little bit or gone somewhere? And it's just aggravating things like that led me to give him a C. I just I didn't think he was anything spectacular this season. As we're you know a lot of the Flames, you know major players. Um, you know I look at a guy like Michael Backlund who in the last fourteen of the last sixteen games of the season had I think twenty two points. Like he exploded. Like Michael Backlund finally showed up. I just don't feel like. I don't think Gaudreau was really that. He didn't impress me much at all this season. And that doesn't mean I want him traded. So let's just get that out of the way. Because I feel like if you knock on Johnny Gaudreau, that means you want him gone. And I don't want that. But maybe he will show up and, you know, in the playoffs and things will be good and they'll put on a little run. Or my big, my biggest fear is these guys will all come back looking like Fat Thor from Endgame when Hulk shows up and finds them and be like, oh, my God, no, look at them all. <laughs> you know? So, uh, Gordy, any, you want to talk about your grade that you gave Johnny Gaudreau? <laughs> Yeah, I want it to be a little harsher to Gaudreau as well, but, you know, that's probably unfair, more based off of, you know, regression from a 99-point season and then, <clears throat> sorry, uh, coaching change midway through the year. But, you know, like at the end of the day, like I have just PTSD flashbacks back to when the Flames, you know, were rocking Mike Camilleri as their best player in 2013, so I don't want <laughs> to turn away one of their top playmakers right now but as a miniature segue into the next topic in in 15 career games against Winnipeg Gaudreau has nine goals and 10 assists with two hat tricks and three game winners so there you go now if we just get everybody else to show up that would be perfect so that's actually Gordy look at that look Gordy practicing the segue I love it so our next topic will be the Flames and Jets are meeting in the playoffs um last I checked I don't believe we even have a date yet um you know, for where the, when they're going to happen or where they're even going to happen. Um, but uh, do we, do we like the flames in a series against Winnipeg or are we slightly nervous? So we, I, I'm kind of of the, I, I kind of bounce both ways on this one. I think nobody's had, nobody's been doing anything. So everybody's coming in rusty. So that could make it semi-interesting. And part of me goes, I just feel like they're going to come in and if Connor Hellebuck takes game one and steals game one and plays well, I just feel like this is one of those themes that's like, and it's done. Um, Michael, what are your thoughts? Um, I'll keep mine brief because I think we touched a little bit on it on our last mm-hmm. podcast. But, um, yeah, I think the Flames overall have a lot more depth than the Jets. Like, they have their stars, and then they have Hellebuck, but not a lot else. So it's like if everyone kind of comes in in the same kind of shape where they're okay but not great, I think the Flames can take it. But like you said, like, if he comes in and he's just on fire in the first game or one of the Jets players is hot, like, it could just be one of those things where the Flames just packing in after one game. Yeah. Gordy? Yeah, I think the the Flames definitely have the defensive core, I think, to sh- – to shut down the jet stars better than I think the jets have a really weak defensive core. So if the flames, the flames have no excuse to, to, you know, be shut out or withheld offensively, unless, you know, Hellebuck just goes off. But I I do like the flames against the jets in this series. Maddie, who you got flames jets. What are your thoughts? Uh, I do like the flames. I, realized after we talked about this uh last week i'm still a little shell-shocked from uh once this season where the flyers got absolutely thrashed by the jets because they just didn't show up um 
So I think that's always a fear that kind of I have in the back of my mind, like if they come out flat, um, as much as I don't trust uh, Winnipeg's depth, they do have, you know, the handful of top end players who are really going to really going to hurt you if you give them too much space. Um, but like thing, thing happening there with, you know, not everybody's been playing. Um, so I'm, I'm like cop cautiously optimistic. Yeah, for I, mean, I, I kind of feel the same way too. I feel like maybe this team kind of needed a break, a place that they could just breathe a little bit get away from all the nonsense that happened during the season, the struggles, the coaching change, everything else. And maybe a little bit of time for the flames is maybe they one of those teams that needed this break and they will, they'll play better when they come back. Well, the only game the flames and jets played this year, Calgary lost two to one in overtime. That was the heritage classic outdoor game. Um, good, you know, game back and forth on both ends. Hellebuck, you know, had 29 saves. Riddick had a huge game stopping 43 out of 45. And, you know, as we mentioned, you know, Johnny Gaudreau, as Gordy mentioned, Johnny Gaudreau's played really well against the Jets. I'm the the big three. Lindholm had the goal, and Gaudreau and Monahan had the assists. So um, it's not like the one game Calgary played against Winnipeg this year. They got blown out and destroyed, and there's, you know, all hope is lost. So I guess there's that, right? Does that make sense? Anybody wants to hop in there? Okay, or not. There you go. I think we covered it. That was perfect. I agree. Uh, that's all I got. <laughs> I wholeheartedly agree. Perfect. Thank you, Maddie, for agreeing. I love it. Uh, Gordy and Michael, do you guys have a thought on that? Yes. It's not, you know, the Flames, you know, it's not like it was a terrible loss. And there's, it's like, oh, my God, we got to hang our head on that. You know, they didn't get blown out eight to two or anything. It was a terrible loss because I, you know, we sat through the whole game absolutely frozen just for them to lose in overtime. But, you know, the actual game was very tight there. I think they are two very well matched up teams, but I think it, it might come down to goaltending in this series. Cause you know, Riddick will probably be playing his first, you know, playoff games. If, if they go with Riddick cause Talbot fully had the reins when this pause happened, but you know, Hellebuck's had a Vesna quality season. So we'll, we'll see if how that matches up. I guess the most important question about the, the heritage classic thing at the outdoor game is Michael, did Gordy get any soup? <laughs> Gordy was, I'm sure, looking for soup the whole time. But for those of us who dressed responsibly, it actually wasn't too cold out there. So I'm pretty sure he left for, like, the whole intermission. I'm pretty sure he was actually looking for soup. So Maybe if he had a nice beef barley and a bread bowl, it could have kept his hands warm. <laughs> well, I mean, like, it's Saskatchewan. I was hoping there'd be something like that. <laughs> a nice split pea soup. His hands nice and toasty in his lap. All right, we've reached that point. Well, it was podcast. actually really stupid. Yeah, yeah, they they were out of food by like the first interview. Yeah. <laughs> it was just, it was just like, I don't know. How, I don't and know it's how you like do that. their football stadium that usually has that many people. So like, I don't know how you don't order enough food for people. It, it was it was an interesting night between that and like spending four hours to get out of the parking lot after it. Despite again, it's a football stadium that's supposed to have that many people every time. So it it was just it was a fun time. I think I sense a. I sense a new podcast, a podcast topic for our next podcast. We're going to talk about stadium food. I think I'm in. Like, what's the, what's the best and worst thing you can get at a stadium? I would say sushi would be definitely the worst. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll just leave it at that. Um, anybody else have any more, anything else they want to talk about? Anything they want to chat about? Or we want to uh, 
We want to wrap up episode 32 here. Got anything else? I think we should just leave it at Stadium Sushi. Awesome. All right. Stadium Sushi. If you like this podcast, you can find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or Spotify. Just search up Matchsticks and Gasoline or The Tinderbox. Maddie, Gordy, Michael, thank you so much for coming on today. I appreciate it. Uh, Everybody, go enjoy your afternoon. Thank you for listening, and we will catch you next time on The Tinderbox. Bye.